think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen Furst. Well, welcome to another episode of Kidney Talk, and today we have a veteran survivor with kidney disease, uh, Bill Peckham. He's been living on dialysis for about 20 years, and um, you have so many different adventures to share with us today. So welcome to the show, Bill. Hi, Laurie. Yeah, I'm a veteran of Kidney Talk, too. I think this is my third one. I know. You have uh, have several shows where you talked where you've traveled all around the world and actually have dialyzed all around the world. So anybody listening, look for those shows that are on our site. But today we really want to talk about you in the last year and several other people who have been on home dialysis have been extremely adventurous. And first, you've taken a Caribbean cruise and taken your dialysis machine on the cruise cruise, and then you decided to take your dialysis machine down the Rogue River. So can you tell me a little bit about how this all started, and where did this uh, craziness, which just sounds very exciting, come from? Well, it's, uh, it started, I guess, with the uh, device, really, the next stage uh, system one that is the uh, machine I'm using for uh, to treat my CKD. So I dialyze at home, uh, and I have I've used this since uh, 2007. So um, it occurred to me that uh, you could, you know, take it uh, on a cruise because uh, cruise ships leave from the United States. So just the sort of the um, nitty-gritty of using the next stage is they, they right now are supporting it uh, in the United States. But once you go outside the United States, you're kind of on your own. But uh, I thought if I went and other people that use the machine went, we could back each other up. So... Um, that was kind of the genesis of it, just the idea that um, it'd be fun just to kind of meet in person, people you know from the Internet, and also that you know if our machines, uh, if one of the machines uh, stopped working when we're in Belize, could uh, share, you know, back each other up with our own machine because no fluids touch the uh, next stage machine. So it's um, all the fluids are in uh, disposable tubing. So... Uh, <clears throat> It was, uh, that was the theory. And as it turned out, nobody's machine broke, you know. So it was just, uh, it turned out just to be a fun, uh, you know, cruise with uh, people that have been dialyzing different amounts of time. One person had had a transplant um, after wanting to go on the cruise, so, but they still went. And, uh, and it was just a lot of fun. I mean. Uh, so how many people went? I think there were um, 20 all together is a, a nurse and a dietitian from uh, a mom and a daughter from Texas, you know, who went and someone from uh, the company next stage and, and her son went. You know, my mom went and uh, most people had, you know, one or two people or four people with them. So uh, all together we had a, a pretty diverse group and, uh, you know, but it's a big ship. So, you know, you just kind of just bump into people and uh, we planned some shore excursions together. But um, and, and you kind of eat together at night. Uh, all kind of in the same area of the restaurant, but um, it's just a lot of fun. And and I was able to keep, you know, getting a high dose of dialysis. I dialyzed overnight on the ship, 
And uh, so that meant my days were completely free to, you know, do the things you'd go on a cruise ship to do. So that was uh, the shore excursions. Um, we had some iffy weather, but nothing you can do about the weather, but still out, uh, a lot of fun in the sun. So. Well, one of the things I think would be a real advantage because you could go to the buffet and then you could say, well, you can't eat that food, it's too salty, and you could then help each other out because one of the most difficult things on a cruise is that there's so much salt <laughs> in their food. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was uh, they did a good job. I mean, certainly when, when you're sitting down, you can request no added salt. But, yeah, those buffets tempt you in all the time and there's always fruit lying around to eat and and uh lots uh you know to drink so uh being able to dialyze for eight hours overnight didn't even really cross my mind about food you know i could just uh eat and drink what i wanted and enjoy the whole day and then get on the machine at night and so basically your supplies were all delivered and they just loaded them onto the ship like they probably do all the kitchen supplies right yeah yeah where they load the luggage you know we Obviously, you know, there's there's nine of us using the machine and all those supplies. I mean, there were, um, I don't know that I got a full final count, but there's probably, you know, over 100 boxes of dialysate that we needed. Wow. So that was all organized, but they were labeled with our rooms so that um, when, when you board a cruise ship, I mean, it's a pretty uh, regimented process, you know, because there's like 2,000 people all trying to get on the ship at the same time. And, uh, and everybody has a lot of luggage. So, you know, they had it all set up where our dialysate had our room numbers on it. And then uh, when you, you curb check all your luggage. So, um, you know, I had used the machine the night before. So I was able to just pack it up and bring it down there. And, and they just put it in a, in a big, uh, uh, like, thing you could forklift. So they forklift the whole bunch of machines on the boat all at once and and by the time you go through the line and check in and got to the room everything was sitting right outside our door so it was just really the first 30 or 45 minutes uh unpacking everything but once that was done you know it was uh plenty of room in the cabin and now i'm curious because i've been on a lot of cruises and the rooms are pretty small so you know you have maybe you know five ten 15 boxes, how did you fit them in the room, or did you get a special size room, or did they accommodate you? It was just a standard room. Uh, some people did get, there's a couple rooms that are uh, for people using wheelchairs or scooters, and so they're a little bit bigger, but basically there's just a lot of, you know, little storage spaces, so I, I opened up all the boxes, and then there's just a closet. I have a video on YouTube. And everything just stored away, and I, I hadn't even considered all the room actually under the beds, you know. So by the time uh, the cruise was over, I had everything put away other than the machine, which just sat on the tra- travel case next to the bed. So, you know, that takes up some space, but we could still use the couch, and, you know, there's a window, and uh, it was just a, a twin-bedded room. So it, it really, uh, and, you, and you don't spend a lot of time in your room. I mean, when you're on a cruise, that, just to sleep, really, and uh, the rest of the time, there's there's all sorts of nice places to sit on the boat. So I, I thought it worked out great. You know, some people had a uh, veranda on their room, and I uh, could sit with the window open and dialyze, just looking out at the sea. Well, that's terrific. Well, I was thinking about when you said you you'd never discovered there was room under the bed of a cruise ship. That's the first thing I discovered when I got on the cruise ship because I had too much luggage. <laughs> like where am I going to put all the stuff that I packed that I never wore um <laughs> so well so the cruise was for a week yep seven seven nights uh eight days 
uh, with two days at sea and then, uh, I think, five stops in port. Well, that's, that's great. So basically, all you had to pay for was what your regular medical costs were and then basically the cost of the cruise. Yeah, and, and the thing was is that by organizing it as a group, one of the, um, the spouses, one of the care partners, is a travel agent who sets up cruises. That's what she does. And so uh, my idea was just to have it as like a meetup. And I'm going on this cruise. You book the cruise, too, and we'll just meet on the cruise. But uh, Pat uh, really took it on and, uh, and so got us some, uh, some perks that come with uh, being a group. You know, and it also kept the prices down. I've done dialysis at sea, and, and that can get pretty expensive, and, and you end up paying the uh, list price for the cruise, whereas with this, uh, we got all sorts of discounts and group um, activities. We could, uh, we had a little uh, reception, you know, and uh, so it was really nice. Well, I guess on this um, trip, you decided to go rogue next. Yeah, so, we went, we're going to go rogue. <laughs> so, you know, you're basically out in the Caribbean, and maybe you encountered a a tidal wave or something, you got this excitement to go down the Rogue River. But uh, how did that come about? Uh, I remember I was talking to Jim Smith, who uh, is a dialyzer through Northwest Kidney Centers, and told him about this trip I had thought about for a while. And uh, it's uh, the Rogue Rivers in kind of southern Oregon, uh, about 60 miles north of the California border. And the section we rafted is called the Wild and Scenic section. So it's a designation... uh, that's made, and uh, so there's no roads or anything, And but it's a uh, four-day, four, four day, three-night trip, and you, you spend the nights in lodges. And so I thought, well, if there's electricity, we can dialyze, and um, Jim was really keen to go, so he talked it up and got uh, another person on the cruise, Dan, you know, interested in going, and so, you know, we kind of hatched it right there that uh, we thought, with three three people on dialysis going, we take two machines and leave one machine at the start. So, if uh, the worst happened and the, <laughs> the uh, cycler the dialysis machines you know sank to the bottom of the road, we'd have one at the start. But uh, so that was the plan. We just um, you know you're kind of having fun traveling and and uh, we just found we were kind of kindred spirits as far as what we were interested in doing. And this really. Uh, it struck a chord, I guess. So you basically get in a boat and take the machine and supplies and all sit in the boat and go down the river, and then you camp out? Is that how it works? Um, well, there there were four rafts. Uh, there were 15 guests and four guides. Each guide uh, had a raft, and, and one of the rafts just was piled high with um, luggage and provisions. I mean, everybody brought their own uh, clothes and stuff, but then there's all the food and uh and beer. <laughs> There's a lot of beer. So, but this this raft is just piled high with stuff, and they kind of go ahead and um, set up for lunch or when you get uh, done for the day. And then uh, another raft. It has um, the guy paddling, and uh, that held the two uh, dialysis machines. And it was they were strapped in in a way that they were kind of suspended over the the raft deck that cushioned him from shocks and he um, took the least aggressive way down the river so you know when you come up to a rapid you can kind of go for it you know and go right into the heart of it and make it real exciting or you can try to skirt around it and uh, 
you know, make it as um, uh, conservative a run as possible. And so that's what he did. And then people could have the choice of riding just in the front of this raft where you just could sit there and, and ride along and uh, enjoy the scenery and, and uh, get a little wet, but not very wet. And so the machines were safely in there. And then there are two other rafts, a little smaller, where if you were in that, you had to paddle in order to get through the rapids. So and you got a lot uh, a lot wetter. You had to kind of perch out on the edge of the rafts. That's what I think a lot of us have seen, you know, photos or videos of people rafting, and they're sitting way out on the edge so they can paddle, and then, and, uh, and then that's where you really start getting splashed and a lot of fun. And then the other way you could do it is they had four inflatable kayaks. So we took turns uh, riding in the kayaks, and that was a lot of fun, even though I'm a pretty bad kayaker. I kept standing up in the water, but uh, it was just uh, another fun way to get down the river. But, you know, it, it's uh, they rate rapids on a scale of one to six. So these were uh, mostly twos and threes, but there were a couple uh, fours. So it, it was uh, exciting, uh, but at the same time, I think, uh, you know, it's just perfectly safe and took a really good guide service, the Rogue Wilderness Adventures. I think it's important to, you know, don't save money on the guide service. Don't, <laughs> don't do discount budget jumping. Go for the uh, most experienced. I think um, they're the most experienced. Oh, and so then at the end of the day, there's lodges. These are lodges that have been there before it was designated a, a wilderness river. So you can only get to these lodges by river, but people use them for fishing lodges or just, you know, for overnight uh, on a raft trip. And uh, the first one's called uh, Bear, the first one we stayed at, there's, and there's a number of them, uh, but we stayed at two. So the first one was uh, Black Bar, and uh, it was kind of just about 10 cabins strung along the uh, a trail in the woods, uh, and they're, they're kind of two, two things. And it just had a, a big uh, cabin uh, with enough room for everyone to sit around a table or out on the deck and relax. So it was pretty rustic, uh, but hot water and, you know, lights off at 11. We didn't dialyze there. Uh, that was just the first night. So it was a night off because we dialyzed uh, right before the trip in the hotel in Grants Pass. And so then uh, the next night, though, was at Paradise Lodge. And that's just gorgeous. It, it has over 50 uh, rooms <laughs> or 50 beds in uh, a couple, uh, about five or six buildings in it uh, is only accessible by river, and it, it's just so pretty, just nestled in a, in a little uh, the Rogue Valley, and uh, we had a full day off there. So we got in that night, Tuesday night, set up dialysis, um, so that was the, kind of the exciting moment to make sure everything turned on, but it was, it was just uh, everything worked perfectly. And, and they had a, like a conference room that we dialed. I mean, it's a big ground floor of a building, so it's quite large, and big long table in it but then they had some reclining chairs too so uh dan and i sat up there and and uh and we were just um catered to everybody <laughs> brought us our dinner and really nice treatment and uh dan dialyzed the next day uh also doing a short run and i uh took that off too so uh just kind of enjoyed a whole day off but uh the machines made it fine and um kind of made us start thinking about other trips and Maybe even uh, doing the Grand Canyon. 
So that's what was going to be my next question, because you really are the Indiana Jones of dialysis. Um, that's for certain. Uh, so is your next goal to um, go to the Grand Canyon and, like, hike down with the uh, next stage machine? It'd be a, a pretty uh, elaborate trip, but in researching it a little bit, it's been done. They, they've, uh, you think, oh, this is new, but I remember when I started dialysis, and here in Seattle, there's a lot of history, so... Uh, you know, people have been doing it here forever, it seems like 50 years, but Mike Matson is a guy I met, and uh, he showed me a picture of him dialyzing on the Snake River using a, a ready machine. That was a um, transportable machine, pretty small. I guess it didn't do a great job of dialysis, but it kind of kept you alive. <laughs> and uh, But I always remembered that picture of Mike sitting there. He was in one of those, like, plastic uh, outdoor chairs, you know, dialyzing under an umbrella on the river, a gravel bed. And uh, I thought, well, you know, someday I ought to be able to do that then. And uh, the readies kind of went went away, but now we have the next stage. And then so I started looking into it, and, and there was a group out of Utah that did uh, Colorado trips every year. Just kind of a, a hair-raising narrative online. I found a newspaper article through Google. But so people have done it. it so it seems like, well, if, if, they, if they have done it, we should ought to be able to do it. I, it's kind of daunting when you really look into it, but uh, I might, yeah, end up doing it again. Someone, or someone can. I mean, it doesn't have to be me. Now it's the, the device, and I think uh, you just really have to find a, um, a uh, company, a guide service to partner with. And, and I think that's what made the Rogue such a success. When I called the Rogue Wilderness Adventures, I was kind of sheepish about all the gear I was going to require to do this. And um, I was talking to the owner, Brad, and he's just like, hey, you, you called the right guy. <laughs> and he's just like, I'll make this happen. And, I mean, that's what I wanted to hear. I, you know, that it wasn't like, oh, I have to talk to a lawyer. But he just said, oh, we can make this happen. And, uh, and sure enough, he did. So I think, uh, you know, if I found the right guide service down in uh, on the Colorado, I think it's very doable. But it's a uh, big trip. I mean, two weeks. <laughs> I mean, you can do it shorter, but um, I think once you kind of get set up for the first first day, I mean, that's 80% of the work, so might as well go for the full thing. It's a 330-mile uh, canyon run, so. Well, it sounds like the challenge is on. I know. I think, I think people are thinking it's, uh, we might end up doing that. It's exciting, though. I mean, it's. I think, uh, to me, you know, I've traveled a lot, and uh, I know when I first started dialysis, it was before the Internet. I didn't connect with, you know, the renal support network. I was very much in denial, and uh, I just assumed I'd never travel again. And uh, so uh, it's the first thing I found was, oh, you can do travel around the United States. So I, I did that quite a bit. And then I got insurance through my union. Uh, from working through the Carpenters Union, and, and that allowed me to travel abroad. So I did that, you know, and and now there's this transportable machine, and, and people are doing all sorts of things. They're camping with it. Anytime you can run a generator, you can run this machine. So I've, I've taken it on a boat up in the San Juan Islands here and now down the river, and, uh, you know, people travel just for pleasure all over the United States with it. And uh, it's like, well, maybe... You know, and so I had never even thought about the Colorado. It just seemed like it was out of reach and not even a possibility. But it's kind of exciting just to have it as a possibility, whether or not I, 
I do it, but it's, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, beyond my expectations. So that's, that's exciting about it that, you know, there's, um, there's probably adventures I haven't even thought of that, uh, people are planning. Well, I think uh, this gives so many opportunities to so many people to be able to travel. The only thing I think that you, you know, probably can't do is skydive with a machine. Would you agree? I mean, with all the supplies, I mean, that would be pretty, pretty deadly. But other than that, there's probably anything you can do. The thing is, is that you you can do, you know, I'm dialyzing while I sleep. So anything you can do during the day, you can do and combine it with dialysis. So I think, you know, people, um, not everyone's interested in river rafting, but probably people that are excited about some other activity I'd consider crazy. And, you know, maybe it's skydiving or hot air ballooning. I, I've been out to uh, the Burning Man, you know, so you can go out there. It's just because of the the design of the machine, you don't, you have the bags of dialysate, and all you need is the power source and the ability to transport the, the logistical side of it and just you know each each treatment for me takes 30 liters of dialysate so that's you know, 65 pounds of fluid and then the machine weighs 75 pounds in its travel case the air travel case weighs basically 100 pounds so you have to account for all that well bill you you were truly amazing and an inspiration because I know so many people are um, listening to this show and they think they may not be able to travel and, and their goal may be just going to a conference and not wanting to miss any of it. And because when you have to schedule dialysis and then you go for a three-day conference and you miss one of the whole days because you're traveling to and from. And this gives people so many options. Uh, I've definitely experienced that or, or fly into um you know, Washington, D.C., and, and uh, you miss, you know, the lunches or the dinners. And, and, and you know that, Lori, that going to these conferences, a lot of the most fun is, is the lunches and dinners <laughs> and cocktail hours and the rest where you can just talk to people. So, uh, yeah, with this, I can attend all that. Or, or when I went to, uh, I was the best man in my brother's wedding, so I could uh, participate in all the sort of rehearsals and different things uh, without missing anything. It's a, it's a great thing. Well, um, we look forward to hearing about your next adventure in the Grand Canyon. And uh, um, if they want to learn more about you, Bill, how do I know you have a blog. So uh, do you want to tell them a little bit about your blog? It's eponymous. It's billpeckham.com. Uh, dialysis from the sharp end of the needle. Uh, mostly I cover kind of the politics and industry, but there's travel, my own personal travel. I have links up, and then uh, with each trip, I, I post it there while it's happening or try to. So you can read a, an account of the Rogue, and then <clears throat> I'm going to be uh, speaking at a patient lifestyle meeting in Seattle on August 29th, and uh, I'll put together some slides and uh, video for the Rogue trip, and then uh, hopefully I can get something up on the web after that. So, yeah. Well, great. And I think the August 29th meeting... I think the August 29th meeting is one of the Renal Support Network's meetings, so if you want to register, you can go to our website. Yeah, the third third patient lifestyle meeting here in Seattle. They're always um, well attended and great events. Uh, I suspect this one will be too. Yeah. Well, great. Well, um, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to hearing about more of your travels, and I really think you should consider renaming your site to the new Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, it was uh, on the trip, they, they asked, oh, it does it feel like a moonshot, you know, when, when those green lights came on and the machine worked. And I really said, no, you know, it should feel 
normal and, and uh, routine. It might feel like, you know, Indiana Jones to go out and do it, but, you know, people raft all the time. If my kidneys worked, I'd, I'd be rafting. So uh, I strive for is to live the life I was meant to live, but for the kidney disease and uh, try to do the things I would have been doing. And uh, really, I, I think you can do that to a large extent. And uh, it should feel pretty pretty normal and, and you could just, you know, do the things people do. And one of the <laughs> It's great that we have the opportunity to raft rivers. That's a lot of fun. That is terrific. Well, great. Thank you, Bill. Okay. Bye, Lori. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 